Welcome everyone to another very special episode of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd. I'm here with my main man, JB. How are you doing, bro? Another special edition, man. Cannot Another wait. special edition. It, I mean, you know, we, we love our reviews. We love doing the reviews, but we've loved speaking to these um, these really special guests that we've got from, from, uh, from the wrestling world. And today is no different. We have an absolutely iconic person from the wrestling world, especially from 90s WCW, when, as we've said many times, WCW was absolutely smashing it at this time when this gentleman was in the promotion. And also, he goes back way before that, and he goes to Japan and everywhere. So we are just absolutely over the moon to have this gentleman with us today it's uh it's incredible it's uh like you just said like we love our reviews we love doing well, we love doing anything that talks to, to you guys but when these legends come across our path we can't help but stop them and say hello so absolutely we hope you enjoy this as much as we're going to oh absolutely so um yeah i mean everything you everything all right with you jay everything going well Definitely good now. Let's get definitely it good now. So you know, we we were back on the reviews. We've just come off the back of uh, WrestleMania five. Uh, we hoped everybody enjoyed that. Uh, thank you for the likes, for the subscribes, for the shares, for the views. We really appreciate that. The WrestleMania five show we really enjoyed. It's a really long show, but we really enjoyed it. And now we have managed to get this fantastic guest on the show with us today. So what do you reckon? Without further ado, Jay? Without further ado, let's do it. Let's get to it. What's up, guys? Chris and JB here. As you know, as we just said, we have an, an amazing guest for us, to, for us to talk to today. We absolutely delighted to be in the company of Sonny Ono from... WCW from a long time back in the day. He not a long time, let's be serious, it's only in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> he has been an integral part in our eyes of WCW from the mid-90s onwards. And he, you know, we're he absolutely was basically, no. you know, the the innovator of um you know, the cruiserweight division. Some of the guys that um, Sonny's worked with have been literally the innovators of the cruiserweight division, brought that style of wrestling into the mainstream of American wrestling. You know, the list is just as long as your arm. The He has been called the best bantamweight in the world as well, in his own right, um, a karate martial arts guy. Absolutely fantastic to have him. Sonny, thanks for joining us, man. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Now, what, what what kind of accent am I hearing here? Um, <laughs> we, we are we are yeah we're from the, we're from the UK. We're just outside London, um, just I north of London. There. Yeah, yeah. I, I I we were trying to set up a show back in the days. Me and Jimmy Hart back in the days, in London, and nine eleven ha happened. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, me, Jimmy Hart, and this other guy. I won't mention his name, but we were we were trying to do a wrestling show there. Um, actually, the name of the company was called Wrestle Express, and and uh, you know he just didn't have his he was disorganized to say the least. But um, you know he's a good guy. But why we're booking the show, 
I'm watching CNN and, and I stayed in a hotel right, right at the Piccadilly Square. And uh, me and Jimmy Hart were going over the, the matches who we're going to get. And I'm watching the TV and all of a sudden plane goes into the, the building. And I said, that don't look right. Damn. Then we got stuck in London for about a week. That's crazy. Remember they shut down, well, you, you, you might not remember, but they, they shut down all the flights. Yep. No, I'm just about old enough to remember. Yeah, I think I was about I was about 20 when it happened. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a crazy time. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, how amazing would that have been? A wrestling show booked by, you know, Sonny Ono and Jimmy Hart in the UK that would have been absolutely incredible. We've missed out, yeah. Sonny. We missed out. Yeah. So you, you can blame the 9-11 for that's not happening. Oh, man. So, um, I mean, like I say, th thanks again for joining us. I mean, your career... We were talking before the show and we honestly, we're not just blowing smoke because you're on the show. We honestly believe that you're like probably the most underrated and kind of <laughs> under the radar manager of all time, Sonny. You, you like say the names that you've worked with are just a who's who of some of the greatest wrestlers that Japan and Mexico and America's ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I was blessed, you know, because because of I mean, it's all a matter of timing and and being lucky and 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 everything kind of coming together. Um, uh, you know, I got to work with everybody from you know the legendary Masa Saito to uh, and Kensuke Sasaki, um, Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, uh, Chono Muda, and and Kanemoto and Otani. Otani is now the uh, uh, president of uh, 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 Zero One promotion in Japan. And of course, Muda just won the, the Pro Wrestling Noah's championship. And Kaz Hayashi, who is now the uh, uh, one of the principal uh, uh, booker for uh, uh, Great, the new, new, new promotion. And so there's, you know, there's, I've been fortunate. And, and, and think about the, the women I got to work with from Bonacano to Akira Hokuto to Chigusa Nagayo. Yeah. Those are legendary, you know, all Japan women, all stars. L and literally so, the best in the world, Sonny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course I got to work, you know, manage at WCW with, with La Parca and, and Psychosis, you know, El Dandy, Silver King, you know, all those guys. So, I, I, you know, I'm very fortunate and lucky that I got to work with all those guys. Yeah, go on, Joe. Was was the uh, the original selfie taker himself? Was that your idea? Yeah, well, you know, it was kind of take off on the Japanese tours, right? You know, Japanese tours always had a camera around their neck and taking pictures, and 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 uh, I said, you know, this will work. So I, I first came out with a regular full size camera and was doing it. And it it's hard, kind of hard to do a selfie with that. Yeah. So I, we got a Fuji Instamatic, those green little, you know. Uh, a camera and we started doing it and uh, uh, you know they didn't call it selfie back then you know and this is before we had these things so um, you know and now everybody has a camera in their hand started doing selfies but you know I was doing selfie I, I wouldn't say I invented it but I I'm certainly the innovator in the sense that I was doing on a weekly television show you know three times a week every time every time I made an entrance with my wrestler so 
No, we're, we're definitely saying you invented it, Sonny. We're definitely saying that. We, you know, we reviewed a show where you were doing it with the full-size camera because we, we review uh, wrestling pay-per-views on, on our channel usually. And we have a few interviews with, with wrestlers and people from the wrestling world. And, you know, when, when we're watching it and stuff, you know, it wasn't just the selfies, but you brought your own style to, to, to managing. You know, it was, it was kind of like you were the Japanese version of Bobby the Brain Heenan. You know, you were like, you know, fantastic. And we, we're remember, a huge fan of Bobby. Remember, I teamed up with Bobby. Bobby, I mean, literally, yeah. Bobby and Jimmy Hart, um, Gene Oakland, those are the guys kind of helped me mold my character, you know? And Bobby, the greatest, probably the, the certainly Bobby and Jimmy Hart, two of the greatest manager in, in, in professional wrestling. Those guys, that were, you know, who helped me and said, hey, you know, just be yourself, create your own character, you know, cause that, cause at the time it was, it was with the, this is before the bubble burst. The Japanese had all the money, you know, they were buying golf courses and stuff like that. We used, we did a segment when we did a, a pay-per-view in Sturgis, we went to South Dakota and, and try to buy Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. And we were taping it and the fan actually was walking by and, was overhearing us and they were going, you can't buy that. I said, yes, I can. I want my face right next to the guy with a big nose. <laughs> <laughs> those, those bits that you did with, with Bobby Heenan, you know, we're drinking the champagne and stuff. You know, there's a classic moment that we spoke about before where Bobby the, he Bobby the Brain just gives like a wink to the camera and stuff. You know, you guys worked really well together and it was just, it was beautiful chemistry. It really was. Yeah, no, I, I miss Bobby. And, and, and certainly Gene, those guys are, you know, iconic figure of wrestling. So, you know, I'm fortunate, like I was saying, I got to work with amazing talent in the history of wrestling. And, and, and you know, I, I was tutored by two of the greatest manager and it was the best of time for wrestling. You know, his, historically it was the best of times. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you be offended if we started calling selfies the sunny? Oh, that would be great. <laughs> I wish I got a penny. I got a penny for every time somebody did a selfie. Well, yeah. whenever we take a selfie from now on, we're going to call it a Sonny. Yeah. All right. And, good uh, <laughs> maybe we can get this thing going. We'll get a hashtag going, Sonny, on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, and we'll see how, how we can get that moving. But um, right. can we start from the beginning? Because, I mean, uh, in your own right, you were a professional karate guy, martial artist. Yeah. Um, you were like we said before, the Professional Karate Association named you the best bantamweight in the world. Um, myself and Jordan actually watched you do a kata routine yeah. uh, that is on YouTube as well. And, you know, uh, is that correct? That's how you actually met um, Eric Bischoff? Yeah, back in in 70s, you know, mid-70s, um, um, like 73, 74 is when I started, when I first met Eric. Eric was what we call Kohai. He, I was a black belt. He was a brown belt back then. But uh, uh, school up north of here, about uh, two hours up in Minneapolis. And he was managing a karate school. And uh, we got to be friends. And, you know, mainly we have same interests. You know, we like to go out on a weekend and, and uh, fight, compete, and not go to jail. And then one, of the, one of the way we could do that was, you know, not fight in a bar, but go fight at the karate tournament. And, and um, you know, so we traveled, I mean, we went all over the United States competing. And, and fortunately for me, 
um, from 71, 75 to 81, I was number one bantamweight in the world, kickboxing, and, and also competed in other, other form of competition in karate, which is point fighting and also the form to what you saw in a video. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I got to win a lot of championship and stuff. So, uh, you know, and that's all coming back because I'm, I'm, I'm doing some television work right now was uh, Ernest the Cap Miller, who's another karate guy at WCW. We're, we're doing some, uh, we're shooting pilots for uh, a karate show on, uh, on, on the cable network. Yeah. Is it the kids of karate? We saw uh, something on right. your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if they pick it up, you, you'll see me back on uh, cable television network as not as that manager guy, but more like more the karate guy. So, you know, so it'll be fun if, if that, if that get picked up. So, so you didn't get the call for Cobra Kai season four then? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, it's a real version of that is yeah. what we're going to be doing. You know, it's a reality based show. So we're going to take karate kids, you know, um, um, nobody older than 18 and we go to compete at all the national tournaments all of all of the United States so it's it's a real version of the Cobra Kai and, and uh, Miyagi Dojo that'd be a great it's a great concept especially with the the popularity of the of the, of the Cobra Kai at the moment um, right. you know it's um it, it seems like a great idea really look forward to seeing that yeah so, and, um, and the funny funny thing is that uh, 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 Incidentally, that the styles that uh, uh, Pat Morita played, the, the style is called Goju-Ru. That's the same style I study. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we do all the same stuff. So it, it's kind of cool. So when you, you were into the in the martial arts world, so how did you actually get in? Were you a fan of wrestling growing up? Um, or was it something that you yeah. got into through Eric? Cad casual fan, you know, but what happened was, and all those people out there listening can tell you that, you know, who hates Eric Bischoff, uh, it, it can tell you that I, they're gonna hate me too because because I'm the reason probably got Eric Bischoff into professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> what happened was I created this game called Ninja Star Wars, a little Velcro star you threw at each other with a that would stick to a vest, kind of low tech star, you know, laser tag. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we had a storyline and we created these games. And I showed Derek and God, you know, Eric says, we got to get this on television. We got to make an ad and sell this thing nationally. So I said, Eric, I, I have no idea how to do that. So Eric took the game and, and went to Vern Gagne, the AWA, but they had a syndicated show all over the United States. And a lot of time they get to trade commercial time for their product, right? They get, so what happened was, we actually partner up with uh, um, Vern Gagne and AWA, and we we shot a commercial, showed it on a national network, and you know we started selling it on the television. And during the process, those guys at the AWA says, "Hey, you're a good-looking guy." Talking to Eric, "You're a good-looking guy. You're a great salesman. Why don't you come in and sell our TV?" That's how Eric got into wrestling business. That's crazy. So the rest is history. <laughs> that's incredible. So not only have you worked with some of the greatest wrestlers, you actually brought in arguably one of the best promoters in 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 the business in Eric Bischoff. Right. Then uh, in about like in '93, he called me up one day and says, "Hey, 
how's your Japanese? And I said, well, you know, I'm born there, so my Japanese is pretty good. He says, why don't we go to Japan? He says, you know, I, I, I'll fly you to Japan. I got to go and take care of some business. Just come along with me and we'll talk about karate stuff. That's, that was the premises that I went to Japan. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in front of Masa Saito, uh, uh, Mr. Sagaguchi was a judo champion, heavyweight champion in Japan, doing Olympics. And we got Ricky Choshu with another, and these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're pushing 300 pounds and, you know, they look like, I mean, they're not even a, a crack of a smile amongst these guys. And I'm, you know, I have no idea why I'm there. I'm not <laughs> even supposed to speak. And, and uh, uh, Tiger Hattori was there who speaks English and, and Japanese very well. He lives in New York. He says, he asked me to translate what Eric was gonna say. So, you know, got put in a spot. So Eric is telling this story and I'm translating this as I hear it. Never heard it before, have no idea about professional wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally green. And, and I'm hearing Eric apologize to these people that look like they want to kill us. I mean, they literally look like they were so pissed at us. And it turns out Eric says, and I'm translating, first I would like to apologize for the, to my past management who's taken upward about a half million dollars from New Japan to give WCW talent to be abused by New Japan. Right. Well, they never sent any talent. So in essence, they just took the money. So yeah, no wonder these people like they wanted to kill us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so anyway, Eric apologized and said it's gonna be different. And at that point, Masa Saito said, who's gonna be a contact person? Because we gotta be able to communicate when we want a talent. So, um, and Eric, without a skipping bit, oh, says that'll be sunny. And I'm looking at him like, hey, I don't work for you. <laughs> I just came here on a free trip. What, what are you doing? <laughs> so um, that's how I got into business. Eric says, well, I'll pay you. You know, you can stay home, translate, make sure, you know, because Eric says, I'll always take Sonny's call. So, you know, you're always going to be able to get, get to my ear. Because that was a big problem, the communication. And so, uh, you know, we said, let us... Don't pay us anymore. Let us make up to you for last year's, you know, issue, and yeah. and, and give give me a shot. And that's how we got, you know, our relationship started with uh, and friendship with Masa Saito, Brad Rangans, uh, who worked for New Japan at the time, and Eric Bischoff and myself. That's how my initial, you know, work at WCW. And, and what happened was they wanted to expose their top talent to New Japan. Um, that's when we did the collision or a, a, a World War III where we brought uh, uh, their top five stars from New Japan, Russell, you know, top five star of WCW and they needed a mouthpiece. So, you know, it said, That'll be you, Sonny. So that's how I got to be on-camera talent. And that's how I got to be the manager. I mean, we, we spoke about this earlier because we reviewed that show. We reviewed, we reviewed the show. And uh, Jordan's got the names of the guys that you, that you work with. I mean, just incredible talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Otani, Kanemoto, Liger, yeah. uh, Kensky, and Masa Saito, I think. Yeah. Just incredible, just absolutely. And, and to be fair, nothing at that time on, 
on on a wrestling TV show had they seen any kind of and also they they actually there was um a, a a female Japanese wrestling match that had two sets of teams that had never wrestled before. It was yeah. a, uh, what was it the New Japan couple and uh, and the other uh, yeah, team wasn't yeah, it? All Japan women, I think. Yeah. 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 You know, all Japan women. Uh, uh, I think we, had, we at one point we had Cutie Suzuki. Yep. And uh, Ozaki, tiny little girls, but they, you know, I don't want to fight them. Incredible talent, you know. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. I mean, we 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 review these shows all the time, and and partly the reason why we love that era of WCW is for the pure talent that was there, and 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 you were integral to to that kind of happening, and you know, it's absolutely incredible. Just lucky. I mean. Uh, you, since you guys been in England, you might know a uh, um, uh, few of the uh, the Gaia Japan talent that we brought over yeah. um, at the time. Yeah, was yeah. it um, Rainer, uh, Yakubi, and Zero? Right. Yeah. yeah. Zero was the uh, 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 Chigusa was legendary in, in Japanese women wrestling. That's right. And and you might know this name because she she been wrestling in England, Satomura. Um, okay. Yeah, she's uh, she's on the next team right, right now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she, she body builds too, for that matter. And you know, she, when she first when I when I didn't know this till later on, but when she first came to WCW and did all those TV taping at uh, Disney in Orlando, um, she was fourteen years old. Incredible! Wow. <laughs> so incredible. She was fourteen. Wow. Yeah, I mean the the wrestling dojos in Japan. Um, are just incredible. I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan jokes about it and uh, joked that that's how Mean Gene lost his hair once because he tried to grow it to get into one of the female dojos. But um, you know, if for real, it was it's you know the the talent that gets pumped out of Japan is just absolutely yeah. phenomenal. Well, you know what's amazing thing is that WCW because because of Nitro, we needed talent, and so the relationship with New Japan played a big part in it because we needed talent. Um, and because of WCW and New Japan relationship, um, uh, a talent relationship, that's how we got, you know, um, um, Dean Malenko. And that's how we got Eddie Guerrero. You know, that's how, that's how we got Chris Jericho and, and of course, Chris Benoit. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, my favorite, Ultimo Dragon. You know, because of our relationship, that we, we noticed these talent and we say, hey, we got to get these guys on our TV. And that's why I think, that's one of the reasons, I think, you know, we can talk about NWO, like your t-shirt, but I think that's one of the reasons I think, I think we beat, you know, WWE for 83 weeks. Um, we give our fans something that they haven't seen yet and you didn't need a lot of storyline, but you knew you were going to get some best wrestling the world had to offer and 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 i think that kind of gets underplayed yeah. you know but uh, uh i mean just think about how how far we're ahead of the time we're talking about 25 years ago yeah you know, um everything in a lot of the stuff in the u.s wrestling world when it came to female they were basically eye candy they didn't really wrestle you know but look at it now you know um uh, look, look charlotte flair uh, you know, um, Oscar, 
yeah. you know, they go just like our girls did 25 years ago. Yeah. And, and, and that's changing the industry again. It was it was definitely groundbreaking because, like you say, there was nothing like that on WWF TV at that time, especially the female wrestling. You know, we, we spoke about this on a previous episode because we also uh, covered a show that had it was an early WWF show, but it had the jumping bomb angels right. on there. And that was a, a, a small glimpse that WWF had of that kind of Japanese style female wrestling that wasn't just eye candy. They were, they were tough girls, you know, and they could really work better than a lot of the guys at that time. And they just kind of, it was a little flash and then it kind of disappeared, but you guys really were innovating. Unfortunately, I have to do is, you know, it's male dominant world, the, the booking, I'm going to tell you an honest story that uh, we were in West Virginia, I believe, and I, I, Kevin Sullivan watched the uh, 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 female wrestling match, and everybody was everybody was blown away by it. And and uh, uh, what happened was, Kevin says, "Hey, that's the best thing we have seen. Those, these girls are great. How long are they here? We want to put it on every TV." So it's a great, I give the girls the good news. Everybody's happy. And then, and something strange happened. We go to our next town. I look at the board, the TV board, and they're not on there. And I go, what the hell? You know, so I went to ask Kevin. I said, hey, what's going on with uh, the, the ladies? And he says to me, he goes, Sonny, I, I can't put them on TV anymore. I go, what, what happened since last night to now? He says, he says, they're so good that they're making our boys look so bad. This is Kevin Sullivan telling me that. Yeah. You know, because these gr- girls work so tight, so hard, so stiff. And hey, you know, they're making our boys look bad. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. That's how crazy it was. Well, it's, it's also... It's also the fact that WCW were taking their Japanese talent seriously. I mean, WWF or E at the time, you know, had what one Japanese guy on the roster. They had Hakushi, and it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't yeah, a great gimmick. Yeah, they, wasn't. Yeah. And, they didn't uh, really use them right, you know. No. But because of our relationship with Masa Saito, we, you know, in New Japan, we we got to do all those things. And, and we're very fortunate. Um, just to talk about Bull Nakano. So you worked with her in WCW. Did you ever kind of go to any shows? Because she was on WWF for a little a short time, wasn't she? Yeah, she was on WWF for a little bit. And then, then of course, we brought in to... Uh... See, what happened was when, when Medusa um, came into WCW, we couldn't find, because Medusa's training in all Japan wrestling, all Japan and, and Japan and, and, and that promotion. And that style, and because and, and, they, they work so snug that we couldn't find American girls to really work with Medusa. That's why we brought in Akira Hokuto, you know, and, and, and she was probably the most popular wrestler in Japan at the time, one of the, and of course, we brought in, you know, Bonacano after that. So uh, uh, Akira Hokuto, even to this day, 
I did a TV show about a year ago for Fuji TV. They flew me out there to surprise uh, 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 Hokuto. She's a big time television personality over there right now. And uh, she, uh, um, you know, she, she, a lot of people on even on their show, they didn't even know that she was uh, actually uh, 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 pro wrestling before. Really? And yeah, that's how, yeah, she's really popular as a television personality. And, and, uh, uh, but, you know, Fuji TV, you know, followed me around for about a week. And and uh, uh, flew me out to Tokyo to surprise her on her live TV show over there. That's crazy. I mean, she was actually the first uh, women's WCW champion, and one and only. One and only. One and only. Yeah, you know, it's um. I mean, they also had that with the cruiserweight tag team championships. There was only one. So. Yeah, there was only one team that won it, and then you know the next week they were, it they were sold and the company was gone. Yeah. Yeah, and we don't, even know who, we don't even know who that belt is. I mean, we know who the women belt is. Uh, Hokuto still has it. She still has it. That's, That's good. good. That's great. But we don't know who, what happened to the Cruiserweight belt. We have no idea. Do you That's know sad. why they axed the division? Axed the what division? The, the women's division. Well, you know, I, I think what happened was, the original plan was to do Medusa to go back to Japan and win it back from Hokuto and Japan. That's right. It was that was the plan. I think they even mentioned it on TV. She said she wanted to beat her in Japan. Right. And and but you know what? It, one got one time it got postponed, and I think just basically time ran out. And you know and and when that when 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 they when they got rid of Eric, you know all the Japan thing fell apart. I mean they were at that point they were paying us upward of a million dollars a year for a talent exchange oh, to be yeah. able to use our talent. And of course, Russo killed that. You know, when you said, you know, you don't give a shit about the Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when somebody's paying you a million dollars, it's not kind of stupid thing for them to say. Absolutely. And it was a huge draw. That that talent pool and, and that, you know, that part of the show was, was absolutely phenomenal, you know, and it was definitely a, a draw. If you watch a lot of the, the Nitro, the second hour, where we went head to head with WWE or WWF at the time, we were putting on the cruiserweight matches right on the hour to keep keep you know the fan on our our channel because it was action because you know they were going to be talking about storyline and a lot of gagas and we were doing wrestling mm. you know and and our matches you know if you say Dean Malenko versus Ultimate Dragon. Or uh, Rey Mysterio versus Chris Benoit, you don't need any story. You you just want to watch the match. Yeah. And was there any uh, any like any talk of you joining the NWO? Or was that just completely out? Of no, the I mean there was. You know, you got to a point. I mean, I mean, it was. You got to remember, I'm I'm the guy who who was involved in a storyline of, of NWO Japan. You kept when, getting beaten up by the talent, weren't it? Because they were defecting. Was that right? Well, I remember. Well, what happened was I was managing Chono. Um, and and uh, Chono opens his jacket and showed that he joined NWO and, 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 and you know, beat me up. So I said, you know, so consequently, I said, hey, Chono, you're not all that. I'm going to bring you somebody who's going to avenge my loss, you know, um, so I bring Muda next week, great Muda, 
and they get in the ring, and if there's a whole nice segment where they don't fight each other, and I realized Muda been infected by NWO, and he turned to NWO Muda, if you remember. Yeah. And that, those two went back to Japan and became really the NWO Japan. And that was the biggest angle New Japan ever had. This in 1998, that T-shirt you're wearing, they sold seven million dollars worth of T-shirt in Tokyo. Incredible, wow. That's absolutely incredible. You know, and th this is what we're talking about, Sonny. You know, you are possibly the most underrated and glossed over guy in the business. You know, and it must. I, I know sometimes it must feel like a kick in the balls, but you must look at it sometimes and think, you know what? You know, you you got to be happy with what you what you oh, gave absolutely. to the business. I, I was blessed, you know. Um, and and what what was the shame of it is that some of the talent in Japan, Chono Muda, thought that I was getting a piece of that NWO T-shirt. <laughs> right. You know, they're selling seven million dollars a T-shirt, right? Yeah. And New Japan was profiting it because we would sell to them, of course, wholesale, and they would sell it for thirty eight dollars a piece. Yeah. And 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 Chono Muda wasn't getting any piece of it. Because it wasn't there, you know. Although they were the they were the Hall and Nash of of you know Japan. Japan. Yeah. So so um, that's why the the Chono went on and started the the the, the, the two thousand group. Later yeah, on. the NWO two thousand. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember. Um, so I was blamed by some of the talent. I mean, of course they they know now. But back then, that thought, God, you know, Sonny's making all this money. <laughs> and I, you know, and matter of fact, they accused me in a bar, me, Eric Hon Nash, one of the Japanese guys accused me of, you know, I should share some of my money I'm making with Chono. And I said, what money would that be? Because I'm not making any. Mm. And, and I know what WCW is making because we sell them to New Japan wholesale. People who's benefiting this is New Japan. Because I put them on the spot, you know. Mm. Um, but of course, later on, they figured out that now I work for the company. I don't get a piece of the action. What the problem was before Eric and I came along, there was uh, the Japanese agent from New Japan that was doing business that they would, they would buy the t-shirt and they would mark it up and sell it to J New Japan. So he was getting a cut. So he thought because when I came along, that eliminated his position, but he was still with the company. Right. And he thought I was getting all the money. Of course, <laughs> you know, he's fuming because, you know, $7 million worth of t-shirts being flying out the shelf in New Japan. And he's going like, I'm not getting a piece of that. You know, that SOB Sonny Ono is making all this money. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is I work for the office. I don't get a piece of the merchandise. Right. Because yeah. there, there weren't any... Um... Sonny Ono figures or cards or anything like that? No, I think there was a, there was a, a, a card, but I they never had a, you know, I never, I really never even had a merchandise. Yeah. The only money that we got to make, made that I was really surprised is one day I got a check for like, I think it was something like $48,000 check. And I said, I, cause I was on the road, I got a check and, and I'm like, Wow, this is not my chip paycheck. So, because <laughs> what happened was my wife called me and says, "Hey, you got your check?" And I said, "Hey, go deposit, you know, the bank." Yeah. And then she gets to the bank and opens the envelope and turns out to be a lot of money. And she calls me and says, "Hey, what's this for?" And I said, "I have no clue. It ain't for 
you know, the office must have made a mistake, you know, because I have no idea because I have no merchandise. Yeah. So I called the office and uh, they goes, well, let me, what's the check number? Let me check on it. They called me back and they said, no, that's for uh, your video game licensing. I said, what video game? Because I'm not even in any video game. And she said, no, you're one of those hidden characters that you have to win so many guys to get to. Oh. And I, so I didn't even know I was even a hidden character. I think it's there, isn't it? Yeah, then, it's yeah. unbelievable, right? Yeah. Then, 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 then I said, then I begged the uh, uh, licensing department to put me in every, every video game they can. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing for the next week. I'm got, I've got my game up there, WCW Thunder, and I'm going to be playing it just to unlock Sonny Ono's character right now. I've, that's my plan for the week now going forward. There you go. <laughs> so I, come out with my, I come out with my purple suit. Amazing. <laughs> If, if we can jump back in time just for a second. Um, sure. The collision in Korea, the two-night, like, crazy sort of, uh, yeah. like, white, like, massively attended show. Like, did you have any sort of, like, crazy stories from Korea? Because we know that, um, like, Scott Norton and a few others have, like, told us or told um, people about their... Uh, yeah, about Scott their... called me yesterday. You know, he's lucky to be alive. Yeah. You know, you know um, I mean, literally, he's lucky to be alive. Um, yeah, there's some, you know, I mean, first of all, you know, the Japanese consulate called me and told me not to go, you know, US, US embassy called me, told me not to go. And, and, you know, all of us probably got a phone call that's, you know, from respected government told us not to go because they said, Hey, we can't, we can't guarantee your safety. I said, 19... You know, 1986, I went to South Africa uh, with a karate team, U.S. karate team, when they were still apartheid and competed in South Africa. So I said, hey, how many times in your life that you get to go there being, you know, being a guest of the, uh, 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 the great leader, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's an invitation from the, from, from the dictator, yeah. you know? So long as I didn't do something stupid, I, 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 I wasn't fearful. <laughs> and you know you, you're young you and I, you know how many chances you get to go yeah before yeah. we went there all american who've been there either been shot down or captured incredible <laughs> i go what you know um it was, it's, it was it was experience uh dark side of wrestling is doing a story and there's another guy uh who's working on with netflix to do a, a, a actual documentary on, on uh, our North Korea, um, you know, visit. And, and uh, you know, I, I felt bad for Ric Flair because he was under a lot of pressure for them to make speech that they wanted him to make, you know? And, and, and I just remember when we got off the plane from North Korea back to Japan, I remember Ric Flair kissing the tarmac. He <laughs> 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 got on the ground and kissed the tarmac. It's, um, it's it's hard to get footage of the collision in Korea, but um, there there is some bits floating around, and um, I, I watched the match, the the main event, the Ric Flair Inoki yeah. match, and it, to be honest, it was actually quite a good match. I thought the the yeah. main event. Um, well, look at it this way. All right, you got to put things in perspective. Okay, so it was the largest crowd. I think it's in a Guinness Book of World Record. 
of, of uh, attendee. Now, <clears throat> did they pay to buy, did they pay to attend? No. Um, were, they, were they forced to attend? Uh, they were probably encouraged. But what else is there to do? Yeah. Okay, there's nothing else going on. So it's, you, you can't say they were forced to go, you know. Uh, um, and, and, and you gotta remember this. You gotta think, you really gotta think in perspective. The citizen of North Korea has probably likely never seen American. Never. Okay. So, so in a propaganda is that, that these are white devils, you know? Yeah. Literally. Right. I mean, from, from minute you're, 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 you're cognizant of, of, you know, as a, as a child till your adulthood, you know, they're, they're taught that these said, you know, white devils, you know, they're going to eat your children and rape your women. Barbarians. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and their vision of that, imagine, imagine their way they think since they haven't really seen American in real life and who we bring over. <laughs> Rick Flair, Scott Steiner, <laughs> Scott Norton. <laughs> you know, these, these behemoths of, you know, human being. And they look like, you know, if you didn't know better and if you had never seen other Americans, average Americans. Yeah. And these are representative of, of what we bring over. They're going to say, oh, my God, you know, our government is telling us the truth. You know. And you know, they literally told us not to not to look at their women or rape their, rape their women when we got there. It's crazy, you know. I mean, I had you know no intention of really falling in love with you know North Korean women. I was happily married, but you know, it, it's not no disrespect, but it's not something we went there for. <laughs> you know, it'd be different if we went to Shinjuku or South Korea, or, you know, or something, but. You know, and that's one of the reasons Scott Norton got in trouble because his wife Tammy, that thought that the Scott was like in, in South Korea, partying every night. You know, and she couldn't get a hold of him because there's no call. You can't take. You know, there's no way to get a hold of them. And Scott was supposed to call. Scott can't call. Only way you can call is that you call China operator in China because there's no direct link. So China will call. United States, then they will relay back the phone call. Crazy. So that's when Scott Norton's on the phone and, and Tammy's wife says, I can't believe you're not calling me. You haven't called me in four to five days and you're having a great time, probably partying, getting drunk every night. And that's when Scott said, paraphrasing, mm. you don't know, Tammy, this is the shithole we're in. There's nothing to do here. Food sucks. Everything, you know, and he went on, that's when phone went dead. And next thing he knew, there was a couple of people with a couple of people with a machine gun came to his door, took him down the basement for interrogate him. And Crazy. you know, if it wasn't for Inoki and why why we were there, I mean, you know, I don't I don't think we'd be talking about late Scott Norton, who disappeared in North Korea one day. So nice. crazy. It's um so for for that um for that event you you were named Kazo Ishikawa is that right? 
Yeah, I think that was before, I think it was in like 94, 93, 94, right? Yeah. Is yeah. That, um, was that anything to do with Yuki Ichikawa, the uh, battle arts guy from Japan? Is that no, right? No, no. Well, my, my legal Japanese name is Kazuo. Yeah. You know, and Ichikawa was my, um, my name on my father's side. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So we just used the name as a as, as, as television character, right? Yeah. So that was before I became on camera talent. Are you um are you going to be involved in the uh, Vice documentary, the Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, they 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 taped me a few months ago. Yeah, talked about all this crazy story that we have, and um, you know they're lucky. I mean, a lot of those guys are lucky, but I don't think they realize where we were going. I don't, you know, wrestler being wrestler. Ah, okay, we're gonna go. Yeah, I don't think they realize where we were going. I'm a, I'm one of the lucky ones. I have a bootleg DVD of the uh, of the show. So, oh okay. Yeah, I don't think there's many flying around to be honest. No, but I have an official one upstairs. <laughs> and um, so the, you recorded the commentary when you got back to the states, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually, what happened was uh, uh, that show was taped for uh, 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 TV Asahi for New Japan. Yeah. And we we got the footage. Part of our deal was we get the footage and we did the pay per view and and and. Uh, called it collision in korea so it, it's not on the wwe network no um because obviously it's part owned or the footage is owned by new japan correct so is, is there like an official dvd release or anything i think maybe after the dark side no, of the I, ring I think if you go to new japan site you might be able to dig it dig one out yeah um might have yeah, to have a look I, into that yeah but you know like you were saying i mean it's because of my martial arts who got me into wrestling you know, I've been, I had a blessed, you know, career so far, you know, um, um, and I still work with Kaz Hayashi and a new company, Gleet. He was a wrestler one before, and I worked with Pro Wrestling Noah, uh, Mr. Takagi, who is the uh, uh, cyber uh, um, fight promotion who owns DDT, Noah, and Tokyo Joshi. Yeah. Uh, we're planning on, we were supposed to try to do it this year, but um, because of COVID, a lot of things got kind of push back, but we're going to try to bring Tokyo Joshi, a tour of Tokyo Joshi in the United States. And, and uh, there's talk of us coming to England as well. Um, uh, we want to do a tour of Jap that Japanese women Joshi wrestling, which they haven't been exposed. Mm. You know, if you do wrestling, everybody's kind of trying to outdo each other, but it, wrestling is wrestling. I think women wrestling is one part that hasn't really been exploited. You know what I mean? It hasn't been really oversaturated. Yeah. So I love to bring the Tokyo Joshi into the mainstream of American and, and, and certainly rest of the world wrestling. So we're working on that. And I work closely with Noah um, to promote their product, you know, and, and uh, um, Keiji Muto becoming a new uh, face of the uh, Noah promotion and signed a two year deal and he's their champion. Which is a great move on their part, because the, the you know because the rest of the world don't know all the younger guys who's a great talent, but Noah uh, having have, having Mudo there will get the eyeballs onto their program. That's great. I mean, we 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 really loved. And again, you're innovating. You're bringing 
something into the mainstream and you know it, it's just great to see it's great to see that you're still involved and you're still doing stuff you know looking through your instagram uh seeing the the bits and bobs that you've been doing it's just it's fantastic to see you're still involved yeah and we have opportunity right now i'm working on a project with uh, people from dubai who who uh, uh you know i mean that that territory of um uh Arab nations, one, they have a lot of funds. <laughs> Seem to be they have money coming out of the grounds, literally. Literally. Uh, and, 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 and Asian country like India, because um, a lot of the worker, the works in, in, in those Arab nations are um, from Southeast Asia. You know, From the Philippines and places like Philippines, that. Indians. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, the, so that market is wide open. So uh, uh, we hope to, you know, work on a promotion there or help them with their their promotion there. Um, so there's a lot of stuff, a lot of potentially great stuff happening. You know, I mean, I retired 20 years ago, but hadn't slowed down one bit. That's amazing. Still, still sort of stuck to the business, which is. Yeah, I mean, opportunity right. to keep coming, you know. So, uh, um, it, you know, and, and and fortunately for me, I don't, you know, it's not a it's not a grind. You know what I mean? It's not like work. Get up in the morning, go do that same stuff, whether you're selling or, you know, moving merchandise or whatever. You know, so I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I, I get to do something fun, a project, and and you know. Um, always getting something at the end of the project, you know, and, and uh, fortunate that I get to do things. And, and because I know a lot of people and because I have a contact and, you know, one of the things that I think, if I may say so, you know, many American company has tried to work with, with Japanese company, try to buy it, work it, you know. Um, I mean, you can even look at UFC and pride they were going yeah. to try to, when they bought Pride, they were going to keep that separate and keep it working. That never happened. Uh, they just bought it and killed it. Um, same thing with wrestling. Um, WWE certainly has tried to go to, to Japan. and But see, the, the, the mentality is totally different. You can't just go there and buy things and expect yeah. to keep going. You know, it's not, they don't, business like, they don't do business like we do here. Yeah. If you look at if you look at the history, why WCW and New Japan business worked is because we it was a relationship first. Eric Bischoff and Masa Saito, Brad Rang and I made sure that we were mindful of others, which is the first thing you learn as as as, as a Japanese citizen. That's why the mask thing works in Japan and don't work in other country because I wear the mask to protect you and you not protect me, you know, meaning the first thing you learn as a kids and is mindful of others. You don't talk on a phone on a public places because that's rude, you know? So um, um, they'll tell you, nobody, nobody, you, they'll text, but they won't talk on a phone, on a public mm -hmm. place, train, plane, all that. But that's been, that's theirs, you know, that they're taught that. And, and, and I think that's, that's one of the hardest thing I think they'll they'll learn they'll they'll find out, and they haven't passed 
when when uh, uh, TNA tried to work with Japanese company, a lot of that went south, including, you know, the New Japan they try to work with them. Yeah, because because, you know, they don't concentrate on a relationship. I have to care how you feel. If we're going to do a business, I have to care how you're going to feel if we do this. You know what I mean? That's more important than doing the deal. Yeah. You know, doing a deal despite pissing you off doesn't make any sense because there's no 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 longevity in that. Yeah. Those are the things that you know the international business, which I work at that field, is 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 that you know that's the difficult part about working in other countries. Think um that it might work with AEW. I know they've got a couple of guys who are fairly big in Japan. Um, how do you think that might work? That might have a little bit more longevity because they're a little bit more respectful. Like Kenny Omega obviously knows a lot more about the Japanese way of doing things and the etiquette and stuff like that. Do you think that they might have a little bit more luck? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Kenny, Kenny, you know, really made his name in Japan, you know, with DDT actually. And then, yeah. then went on to, uh, 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 New Japan, and so he has a relationship. And as long as he, you know, he understands, and and clearly he does. And long as you know he can make sure the office understand that, and I think they'll work. I, I mean, that's why they're using those Japanese uh, ladies doing a tournament right now. They have going on. Yeah. And and. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but it's, you know, it, it's a hands-on deal. You have to make sure that you're not offending them. You know, um, uh, you can't take advantage. You know, sometimes, you, you know, my God, you know, there, there's, I mean, they treat us like a million bucks. Every time I've been to, you know, I, I do anything in Japan. And, and you, you know, you need to reciprocate, you know, and you need to make them feel special um, and have their interests at heart. You know, it's got to be a win-win deal or, you know, I mean, getting where they are right now is quite significant. Having a company work, you know, that's a pretty good first step. And, and you know, to maintain that relationship, it, it's got to be hands-on. That's a perfect advice for anyone that's trying to do some business. Um, Sonny, I've got a two-part question. Um, All right. For you. One, who was it that released you from WCW? And... Did you ever get the call from uh, from the WWF or WWE afterwards? The second part, yes, I did get a call from uh, inquiry from WWE. Uh, um, it, it'd been a couple of times. Uh, at one point, there was a, a guy, uh, uh, Kenzo. Um, they had a Japanese guy. Oh yeah, was, Kenzo. Yeah. 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 And 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 actually, Johnny Ace and the group contacted me and and. Uh, um, but it really never went anywhere. I think they went different directions. I think his wife became a manager. Yeah. Uh, turn and you know and and uh, uh, and and I worked with WWE and, and a couple other things. Um, uh, but uh, uh, the first part is you know it's it just I just signed like in September of uh, 99, I just signed a two-year deal. Um, and I think right at that time, they got rid of Eric. And then they brought Vince Russo in and he made a, it, it, look, anybody can look this up. Oh, yeah, he made a statement, yeah. 
Yeah, all you have to do is type in Vince Russo, is he a racist, and he'll come up. <laughs> um, and and uh, uh, you, you listen, if, if, if I wanted to get rid of talent and I'm in a management, you can't use their country of origin to get rid of talent. You just, you, you, you can't do that in any job. You know, it's like, Absolutely. You know, yeah. You, yeah. You, you couldn't do it 25 years ago and you certainly can't do it now. Yeah. And, and that's what he did. And a smart thing for the company should have done was just said, hey, we just signed this guy's two-year deal. Let's just keep him at home and, you know, pay him what his minimum will be on, right? Right. Yeah. But they didn't. They were, you know, uh, they proceeded to fire most of the Mexicans and, you know, and they'll argue and, you know, he'll argue and tell you, oh, we keep Ray Mysterio and we keep Conan. Well, first of all, neither one of those guys are Mexicans. No, sure. Okay. They were born in the USA, right? Born in the US and, you know, one's a Cuban descent. Um, and and uh, uh, I think they kept Poovy, um, and but and it basically got rid of, you know, all the, 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 the luchador, most of the luchadors. And they got rid of all the Japanese. Yeah. You know, and I think Kaz Hayashi was the only one who, who kept on um, and, and, and he probably kept his job because I, I, I sued him right after. So, um, you know, they, it, it's hard to uh, uh, fire somebody when you only got one Japanese guys and, and, and other guy who used to work for you just sued you. Yeah. Um, so, um, but um, who let me go to answer your question with JJ Dillon? JJ called me and said, hey, Sonny, you know, we're going to, and I told JJ, JJ, I just signed a deal like, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He said, yeah, you know, and, and I told him, I said, hey, you know, he, he, I just remember the conversation where JJ said, hey, we'll pay you because they have 90 day out, you know, they pay you 90 day severance. We can pay you in lump sum if you sign the piece of paper that say you're not going to sue us. I said, nah, it's all right. You can keep paying me. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it was, you know, I had a lawyer from, Every big time lawyers from, uh, uh, you know, Georgia to California calling me, and and uh, uh, you know it turned out okay for me, and and uh, you know, uh, unfortunately for uh, um, some of the Japanese and Mexican that that you know, the company went totally went south, you know, uh, shortly after uh, two thousand. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, yeah. Did, did so, you manage to notice any sort of decline in 99 whilst you were still there? I think I think we were overwhelmed in a sense that we were doing thunder and nitros, three hours. And, yeah. You know, I mean, it, we were doing way too much in a sense that I, I don't think we got any more funding to produce. You know, we, uh, we were doing really well. Um, and I think if you look at WWE or WWF at the time, they started doing what we were doing, mm -hmm. but they didn't have our censorship. So they kept pushing the envelope, yeah. you know, that's yeah. when they were having all those TNA matches and, you know, um, but listen, it, it, history wise, I am, I am, I, I don't look back and any regrets at all. I have none. Um, like you were saying at the beginning of the show, how I got to manage 
the greatest wrestlers from all, you know, from Japan, Mexico, and the United States. Um, you know, the, the great friendship that I have with, with, that created back then, and I, you know, I still keep in touch with a lot of guys. Uh, as I was telling you, Ernest Miller and myself, you know, we probably talk to each other a couple times a week and we have a project, as I told you. And um, so, the, you know, and Eric, I, uh, I think on, on um, his latest podcast, he talks about how Eric and I have been friends for 45 years, which has been longer than uh, um, um, Conrad Thomas has been alive. So That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's incredible, you know, and and we we really, you know, we really appreciate you spending the time that you spent with us today. No, I appreciate um, it. It's a good time. And and you know, we still today, even today, earlier on this afternoon, I was doing some cooking and I've got the network and I was watching uh Rhodes Wild and it was oh, yeah. the the cat versus Buff Bagwell and you were there dressed in leather and you you know, yeah. it was just just incredible stuff, you know. It's it still makes me smile to this day. And it's, you know, 20 years ago. So, yeah. You well, know. I don't know if anybody ever told you what happened to that cat versus Buff Bagwell deal. Did anybody ever tell, tell you what happened? No. So, so you talk about politically not being correct, is that they actually, when the, when the way it was set up was Buff was heel. And, and we were heel, but Buff was, you know. Yeah. Uh, more of a heel than we were. And so Buff was making fun of us all the way through almost two months of uh, six weeks of promotion going to Roll Wild. Matter of fact, they even did the, you know, they even, if you, you can find this, on one of the Nitro, Buff painted his face black and did the... I I, I think, yeah, I think I basically remember that because there was a time when I was yeah. watching the Nitro through, yeah. Right, he did the blackface, and they had one of the referee wear a mask of myself, you know. So you know, I mean, politically, totally incorrect. I mean, you, you get in trouble big time now. Yeah. But anyway, so so we were supposed to go over at the pay per view. Hmm. Well, Buff didn't quite see it that way. So as they're going over, true story, uh, uh, picnic table, we're in a tent and catering. Um, and, and I'm sitting, my wife is sitting with my little few months old baby and, uh, they're going, they start to talk about the match. They want to go over the match. So, you know, so I'm listening and, and Buff said something and Ernest didn't say a word, just kind of smirked and, you know, got the Buff attention, a wrong attention. And he said, there you go, you know, you know, you know, what's what's that smirk on your face? But as that's going on, Buff tried to smack him across the picnic table. He gets about this far and Ernest just goes, whoop, that the hand goes by. And next thing I know, Ernest is diving over the table. They're on the ground, they're literally fighting. Wow. And there was a ball apart. We got called in uh office which was a bus yeah and i i just remember we all sat down eric the booker ernest myself and 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 uh, buff and and eric calls me and says, what the hell's going on you know there's a there's a turn executive there while you guys are fighting 
and 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 Bob says, Bob says, hey, before we start, I just want you to know, Eric, it's Sonny's fault. And I didn't say a word or anything. <laughs> he puts it on me. I go, we all looked at each other. And of course, Eric's new. Yeah. Eric's, no, Bob, Sonny didn't say a word. What are you talking about? I heard this whole thing already. So anyway, uh, but what's the amazing thing about those guys? And the amazing thing about but Ernest Miller, Ernest says, hey, if you want to go over so bad, you can go over. It's just yeah. not going to make really a lot of sense in wrestling, you know, the storyline. But, you know, so Ernest jobbed. And, but they went out there and had a match. That's yeah. the thing. You know, a few hours ago, they were literally fighting on the ground. Of course, Ernest would have killed him, but. Yeah, because obviously Ernest's a karate guy himself, um, legitimate tough guy, Um, because it was strange. And it's really weird that I decided to watch that match today because and and you've come, you've given us that fantastic story, because even when I was watching it, I did think it was really weird because, you know, I, I don't know if it was the atmosphere of the bikers that they were probably maybe prejudiced towards Ernest and yourself, because, right. Right. you know, Ernest, I, I, I realized he was wearing the um, the uh, southern flag on his on his gloves as well. Right. <laughs> when he came out. So I don't know if that was him taking the piss a little bit, maybe. It was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it was because it's strange. Yeah. Yeah. So but anyway, you know. But it just goes to tell you how professional those guys are. Yeah. You know, that they can actually hate each other once, a, once you know, knock your block off. But yet when they get in the ring, they're still, you know, because you have to protect each other, you know? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have known it either watching because um, as the cat had the mic and everyone was revving the bikes and wouldn't let him speak and you're there saying you're trying to speak to him. You're like, hey, be quiet. I can't speak to him. I can't speak to him, you know? And then Buff gets the mic. They all stop. And then the cat grabs it back and then they start up again. You know, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know, you know, if you're watching it. It was, like you say, so professional. That's why I think one of the reasons why Buff wanted to go over because the fan was so, you know, right. Buff, you know, we... we we would we became the heel on that that stage so but it was fun time i mean you know the medusa and bonacano match i don't know if you got to see that yeah. but that was one where i rode up in a the, the honda bike yeah with with a japanese war flag painted on the tank yeah <laughs> you got the bike smashed up too right 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 yeah yeah it was it was yeah, those those things are just fun good time and i and you know I'm blessed that I, I got to do those things, you know? The main thing is, if you can have fun and get paid, it's not work. It's like getting paid for eating, you know? Yeah. And, and for those of you out there, that's what you need to figure out. You need to be out there, be able to make money, make a living, and, and why are you having fun doing it, you know? And listen, there's nothing like it. You know, that's when you know you're blessed. That's great. That is, I mean, we can only thank you, Sonny, for coming on the show today. Um, Thanks for having me. 
We Honestly, were. I could talk to you all day, to be we fair, really because we, we, re we really love that era of WCW and you were an integral part, you know, from 94 to 99. That, yeah. that was the boom time for WCW and it was right. innovative. It was something that you weren't seeing on the other shows. And like we say, you know, you were really an integral part to that. So, I mean, we could pick your brains all day long, but obviously we know you've got stuff to do and that. And, you know, we really appreciate you joining us today, Sonny. Well, thanks for having me, and you know, have me back, and and you know. Oh, come for up. sure. Yeah. Well, if you well, if you make it if you make it to the UK, we um we're definitely going to be uh, taking a a sunny with you. Oh yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Time, my dog's telling me it's time for me to take him out. Yeah, no worries, man. And if if we start making some uh, sunny selfie T-shirts, we'll make sure you get a percentage of these. All right. Ones, right. Good deal. <laughs> no worries. Thank All you right. very much. Thanks, All right, man. peace, guys. Peace, brother. Thanks for joining us. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. And there you have it. Mr. Sonny Ono. What a, what an amazing story. What a, what an amazing, like, set of stories there. Like, he's just so open and free. And he still loves, he still loves being a part of wrestling, which is, which is great for everyone. It's, it's crazy as well. I forgot to ask him about his masks you know, but you know, he's all he said we can have him back. So, you know, if people really enjoyed this interview, we can always have Sonny back and we can talk about some of the untold matches that he was a part of, you know, bits that he was doing over the years. Oh, I think there's definitely uh, already a clamor for part two. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I think you know, part two with Sonny Ono, maybe after the um, the collision in Korea, dark side of the ring, maybe we can get him back on and um. Talk to him a little bit more about that and, uh, you know, pick his brain some more. That, yeah, that sounds excellent. It was, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. Um, as always, if you like what you just saw or what you just heard, don't forget to hit the subscribe buttons, hit the follows, likes, comments, shares, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone, you know, we've, this was our, this was our third interview with the uh, wrestling personalities from the, from the past, you know, from, from the era that we talk about every week and we love it. We love it. You, you can't get no better than that. As they say, you know, it's um, it don't get no better. And as if you're regular watchers to the show, listeners to the show, you'll know that we do wax lyrical about WCW in that era. And the fact that it was, you know, innovative. It was different. And Sonny Ono was a huge part of that. The talent they were bringing over from Japan, the Mexican style that was integrated into it with the cruiserweights. He was a huge part of that. You know, the, the women uh, wrestlers that were coming in and absolutely stealing the show, you know, and it's just fantastic that we've been able to have him on and have a good old chat with him today. And yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it from us. So say thank you very much for sticking with it. Thank you very much for listening, for watching. You know, you know where you can find us. We're on everything. You know, I don't think I need Chris to run through every last podcast, you know, medium going. I'll say thank you very much and we'll say bye for now.